we all know it's coming and it's not gonna be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you gonna do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years. And off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same, as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada. But it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT saves you 10%. flag of the United States of America. justice for all. time to resist. They can't arrest us all, 
And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier.
had a dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Chill, don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate. 
intimidate through fear and force, forcing us to sit and wait till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadour, troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpent. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you. Just digested, suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news, oh, we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Credit in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Lying, not a sheep, only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. Uh, drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome our position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day, I hope you see the this puppet show stays on because of you
Welcome back, Freedom Gardeners, to another edition of Freedom Gardens, number 32, The Ring of Fire. It's just me today. Heather was supposed to be here. I was fully expecting her, and then her washing machine broke, and she's like, uh, fuck my life. I need to fix my washing machine before I have to go to work tonight, so it was kind of pointless for her to drive an hour each way to just be here for an hour and then have to go to work. So anyway, it's just me. It's okay. It's fine. So the ring of fire. Let me bring this up real quick. Oh, I was playing this in the uh, pre-show as it were. I really didn't want to play the NASA feed or, you know, any of the whatever PBS, any of those stupid feeds. So I found this little, you know, nobody broadcaster. Ah, that's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, so we can see the ring of fire as it goes. What does that make me? Mm-mm. So, if you guys are in the path of the eclipse, remember, don't look at it. They have like special glasses for that and stuff. But listen, watch. Hmm. We'll see. Anyway, that's where it's at right now. So uh, it's making its way down, but it's not like it just passes. It's like four minutes, I think, in each place or something like that. So anyway, keep an eye on that. Keep it in the background. So... Hello, Crazy Chuck with a K. Hello, Casey Witt. Good to see y'all. Hmm. I think I forgot to push this out too. I've been a little on edge today. I did an awesome interview with uh, Charlie Robinson on TNT Radio this morning, which was very cool. I appreciate him having me on. So I might actually, because next week we're doing a uh, a farmer's market here. I'll, local farmer's market, a new one for the electroculture, chicken eggs and duck eggs and, you know, whatever else, bread and whatever else I make. Um, so I might play that Charlie Robinson interview here on Freedom Gardens next week, provided there is a next week because, you know, who knows? We shall see. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, weird energy out there. Weird energy. But... I did also have uh, someone reach out to me from something called Plant Surge, which uh, works with electroculture. Um, I talked to this guy today and he sprayed this stuff in his mouth and I was like, holy shit, it's a fertilizer and pest repellent and all kinds of stuff. So he sent me a couple samples. So we'll see how that works for the plants and um, we'll go from there. But seemed like a cool guy. Another truther, loving it. Um, he's uh, he's from Singapore, but he's in Romania now because when the pandemic hit, Romania and Mexico were the only places that were free and open. Mexico was a little too far from Singapore, so he went to Romania. Anyway, he also apparently makes a cool shower head for RVs, so uh, motorhomes and whatnot. Cool. But uh, yeah, he's sending me some of this plant surge stuff, so we'll see um, how it works truly organic 
and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, Ellsworth feels it. Lucid feels it. Yeah, it's. I tell you, this this energy is like I have been off and on between being like so wound up to being like my spidey sense is just getting turned off, like to being entirely calm. And then I get freaking wound up again and I haven't gotten calm again. Now I'm just wound up. I don't know. The coffee doesn't help, but I did put Kahlua in it. So that might help because, uh, -uh. so, oh, it's happening in the freedom gardens world. Got my LLC this week, which is very cool. So we are now officially Freedom Gardens LLC, um, which, uh, you know, provides all kinds of other interesting freedoms so that we can try and apply for some grants, get some uh, advertising money. I do not want to take out loans. I do not, under any circumstances, want to take out loans for this. Bad enough that I started with $500 in credit. I already paid that back. Um Thank you all for your support, enabling me to pay that initial investment back pretty quick. Um, and uh, it's not bad though, you know, 500 bucks as an inv initial investment for a business. And I waited until I sold a few things and had some money in the bank before I went and bought the LLC. You know, the government all wants a piece of the pie. So uh, Freedom Gardens LLC is up and running and got a bunch of orders in um, and I worked on some new products coming out that should be out here in the next, well, aiming for Thanksgiving, my birthday kind of a thing, provided we're still here then. Um, packages for like sacred geometry packages. So you get nine, five foot, six foot or seven foot antennas and um, a detailed instructions on how to set them up in the Fibonacci sequence, extra crop copper to grid out the bottom and attach it on the top. And then two, two or three video conferences with me for encouragement, advice, motivation, whatever. So I'm um, putting those together. It's really just a matter of going back to the older shows and editing where I set up my Fibonacci garden and maybe building a new one. And filming it all because someone, remember last week when we were here, Heather uh, had put out, we had put out that, you know, we were looking for a couple GoPros. If anyone had a GoPro or two that they weren't using that um, they wanted to send our way, that that would be very much appreciated so that we could start filming everything that we do. We're going to be ramping up our YouTube channel. And then it was Amazon Prime Days during the week, which enabled me to get some more supplies sanding paper and things like that. Um, tongue oil, you know, good stuff. Washing or laundry detergent ingredients. So anyway, uh, so I had all these boxes and I, I'm going through making sure everything came in that was supposed to have come in. I opened this one box and I was like, holy shit, what is this? And what do you know? It was a GoPro with like a 50 piece accessory kit and a, uh, a memory stick. And I was super excited and incredibly appreciative. So Thank you. Thank you very much for whomever sent us that GoPro. I have an idea of who it might've been, but no confirmation. So, but I appreciate you either way. So, um, then I, Hey Lindsay. So then I said to Heather, I was like, she's like, why aren't yesterday Heather and Taylor came over and they helped me put up a bunch of fencing. 
Um, Annie is officially contained for now. Houdini is locked in for now. For now. That little bitch, I swear to God. Um, so uh, they helped me put up that fence and they helped me put up a fence around the pepper garden because all of the chickens were getting in there and eating a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I definitely want some organic seeds, Casey. Heck yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they came over and Heather's like, why aren't you filming and everything? And I was like, cause we need to clean up around here first before I'm going to film anything. Cause we've been so crazy busy. There's just shit everywhere. Shit everywhere. So, um, Lindsay was outside staring at the sun. Unfortunately, the aliens didn't come and get her. I mean, this we we could honestly have Operation Bluebeam going on. Let's see what we have going on right here. Nope, it's still going. Right around Odessa, Texas, where you can see that right now. So it's creeping back out. So you can almost see the sun again. But we shall see. We shall see. Anyway, um, Let's see here. So, uh, so yeah, so lots of good stuff um, in the uh, Freedom Gardens world. It's just been incredibly busy, incredibly busy. Like I can't even begin to tell you guys um, how much there is going on and how little time I feel like I have. So it's okay though. Because uh, I've learned that when you need help, you have to ask for it. And then it shall appear. It's amazing how that works. So, um, actually, before we get into gardening stuff, though, I want to play this for you because I found this very interesting. I referenced this clip and I was like, where did I put it? I couldn't remember where I put it. Um, I referenced it yesterday on the Patriot Party podcast. And then I was going through my phone for today's videos. And I was like, oh, shit, I downloaded it directly. Check this out. Once two eclipses will appear over America. The past form, the Hebrew Aleph and the Tav, the Alpha and the Omega in Greek. Behold, I am coming soon. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The last eclipse will appear with a comet. The dragon's tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. The eclipse begins in the 33rd state and it ends on the 33rd parallel. It occurs on the 233rd day of the year, 33 days prior to the Revelation 12 sign, 133 days prior to the last day of the year. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, morning star, son of the morning? Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals. And in that day the Lord, with his strong sword, will slay the dragon, that is in the sea. Yeah. So, what do you think of that? Hmm. Uh, I don't think aliens are coming to get you, Lindsay. Although I think, well, anyway. Y'all know what I think. So let's see what's growing on in the gardens here. 
Where do I start? You know what? Let's do this. Let's have a little fun. Let me show you how my... It's been raining all week, by the way. It's been so beautiful for months on end. And uh, now it's it's been rainy all week. Cold, little black. Now, cold for me, understand, is like 70 degrees because I am I like it 95, right? The plants do like 70 degrees, though. So, you know, they'll, they're still growing. Different plants grow at different times. So now that it's a little bit cooler, we, we get to um, put in salads and cauliflower and broccoli is starting to grow up better and uh, everything grows a little sweeter. I have to replant tomatoes. Most of them didn't help. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, my crazy ass dogs, you know, my crazy ass dogs. Let's start with them. You can see how crazy they are. This is immediately post breakfast. So this is their morning energy with a protein booster. Here you go. In the rain. You done? No. Can we go in now? It's raining. Yeah. <laughs> he's so big when he stands in front of Annie, you can't even see her. Holy shit, he's so big. Oh, so... It's been a, a very interesting week, to say the least. Um, but these guys, these guys help. So actually, there's another one. Ah, here we are. Check this out. This is the, this is what was on the scene from my back porch this morning across the pond. This is very cool. Check out this cool-ass bird. You see him? He's thinking about flying. He's just sitting in the branch right now. There he goes. See that big ass fence there? That's what part of what we did yesterday. So uh, Annie is trapped. Trapped. Yeah, they saw that big ass bird too. He's huge. We do technically live on a uh, a wild bird sanctuary. So Ooh, these people are back. Let's see what they're talking about. Of this eclipse. Um, and on the right-hand side of the screen, just above us, Anna, we've mm. now brought back our live map showing where the moon's ant umbral shadow is right now. This mm. is the small area of land which is experiencing annularity mm. or the ring of fire right now. That's yeah. that small red dot in the middle of the screen. Mm. It's passed across North America. It's gone across the Gulf of Mexico. It's now over Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula, mm. um, heading into Belize. 
then it will go through Honduras, Nicaragua, and uh, out into the Caribbean Sea. That will be the global maximum point. Um, on the map, just below the map, mm. we do have some uh, data there showing yeah. where annularity is happening now. We've got um, west and north coordinates mm. um, on the left, and on the right, we have the speed of the moon's shadow. It has been slowing down. It has. When it was passing over Oregon, it was moving at a few thousand miles per hour, much quicker than it is now. As we get towards the global maximum point of the eclipse, it gets to its slowest mm. speed. Solar eclipses, they start somewhere in the world at sunrise. They reach their maximum somewhere around midday when the sun is at its highest point in the sky. And then they end somewhere else in the world at sunset. So now the ring of fire is taking place around about midday as the eclipse passes over Central America. It will be an afternoon eclipse in Colombia and Brazil. Mm. And we still have that all to come. All uh, to come. Yeah. So we can see the we can see the annularity speeding through there and it will hit Colombia and we'll zoom the map in at the right spot once we get there. Now we're going to connect with Jim Todd. He's in. Okay. Anyway, don't care so much. We'll keep an eye on that. So, um, yeah. all right. Say hi to the birds for the morning. The little ones that shed us breakfast every day. The little shitheads that ate my pepper garden or turned my pepper garden just a little earlier. They turned it for me. We'll, we'll say that. They turned it for me so that I can replant again for fall. Here you go. Good morning, birdies. Are we ready for the stampede? What's going on? Out we come. You guys coming? Come on. It's all muddy in here because it's been raining for days. Good for the plants, bad for the coop. It's okay though. I'll get over it. Oh, what they won't get over is that I put, we put a giant fence around the pepper garden so they can no longer get in there for now. We'll see. We'll try it anyway, because I need to replant in there. So we'll get to that later. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's see what this one is. Ooh, it's time oh. to let the birdies out. Nope, not that one. I didn't mean to do that one. Let's see. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Here are some chickens for you. All right, well, I took that bird netting down over here because obviously it wasn't doing anything anyway, except catching ruby up so that all the roosters could rape her. So anyway, uh, and I moved that piece of wood so they can eat all the good buggies that were under there. Look at them all running now. You hear them? 
Sergeant called them and told them that there's some bugs over there. They all talk to each other and they all come running for the good stuff. are so pretty. Look at him. Look at those colors. Man. It's like, you know, I love the, uh, don't get me wrong. I love my purebred birds, but the barnyard mixes, man, the colors are just amazing. And of course, Frizzle back here is freaking hysterical. This this ugly little bird back here, he's the funniest freaking thing. Um, but I mean, the colors on some of these guys are just absolutely gorgeous. It's going to be a shame to eat them. But that's what happens. So uh, let's go here. So birds are big mad because the fence and they can't get out and they're so mad it's okay though I'm digging here in my raspberries I don't care but soon that wood fence will extend all the way around and they will have much more room to play in because right now they're mad they're big mad. Hi guys. See him right on the fence line, testing everything. Hey! Yeah, that was why I took the fencing down. <laughs> Poor Ruby. Oh, of course, someone still jumped over one, uh, jumped up a tree and over the front of the fence, and I had to herd him back in this morning. Um, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get to him. All right, here we go. So Heather and Taylor came over yesterday, her husband, and we were very productive. We cleared all this out, cleared a lot of that out. Cleared that, those tree limbs, because the fence is gonna go in here. So check this out. <laughs> Every week, this plant gets huge. It's about to flower. This is, Four weeks from seed. Four weeks from seed. That's amazing. Four weeks from seed. Yeah. And that's the one that I, I did the, uh, the TikTok of last week. And we watch it grow. And it's, it's even exponentially bigger now than it, than it was even a week ago. And I bet by next week we have flowers on it. So it's awesome. Okay. Then let's see what we got here. Right. That lovage, look how bright green that is. It's so pretty. There's the arrows all coming up. Should grow faster now that it's not so blazing hot. The aloe's doing well that I transplanted in there. My dill, still doing well in there. 
I want to replant some of that dill. More dill in here. Parsley. Um, you see the oregano starting to come up there. Basil, obviously. Uh, chives. This is like Italian herbs in here. So <clears throat> this is all coming up. And then... and our cauliflower. Hmm. It's coming. Now, broccoli and cauliflower take forever to grow down here, even with electroculture, because it's just so freaking hot. I bet I could plant new seeds right now and they would grow faster than the ones I planted three weeks ago because the temperature differential. So... Um, they really like the cold a lot more. You, it's really hard to grow bro broccoli and cauliflower down here. Carrots too. Um, turnips. I mean, I'm going to, I'm about to start some turnips, radishes, tomatoes, um, probably some more broccoli and cauliflower, hopefully this week. Um, I really want to do it this week. So just because it's now that it's getting a little bit colder again, 70, that makes a big difference. So And where'd that go? Here it is. So here's the back where the 25 foot electrical antenna is. The giant one. We're starting backwards today. We are starting in the back today. So, like I said, it's been raining for three days, so everything has been very happy and I haven't had to water it. Look at that Cuban oregano. Holy shit. I'm going to need to cut that and just stick some more in the ground, like I did that piece over there. See how big that is? You can barely see for this lemongrass all over the place. And these sweet potato vines. Where are those sweet potato vines even coming from? Oh, all the way down there. Anyway, let's get to this. So we have, we had a little baby watermelon over here the other day. Where did it go? Uh-oh. Nope. It burnt out. That's too bad. That basil's huge right there. Pick that. The problem is I've been so busy, I have not had a chance to get in here for literally like two weeks. So, three weeks. Which the let it grow method works really well, but um, it does need to be weeded. So, anyway. I'm sure there's other things growing. All right. I did want to show you guys something really cool, though. This is my lime tree. With my lime tree. It's gigantic. It has all these big, beautiful limes on it, right? I mean, you see all these limes? They're all over. It's October. Limes are supposed to be ready to harvest generally in December, January, sometimes February. And I will have limes ready to harvest then because I have some starting to grow here. So I have full grown limes at my tree at the same time that I have budding limes on my tree. That was flowering a couple days ago. Now it's turning into a tiny little lime. See how that works? That's how electroculture works. 
full-grown limes at the same time as fresh flowers. This thing is growing year-round insane, insanely. So, anyway, rosemary's doing awesome. These sweet potatoes are everywhere, every, every, everywhere. And these watermelons are huge. I mean, I'm sure I must have some fruit in here buried somewhere. I would hope. I would hope. But I don't know. Anyway. Oh. Random sunflowers reseeded themselves, came back. Um, strawberries down underneath that watermelon trellis. I mean, just watermelon everywhere. It's actually going down all the way on the other side of that yard. I need an extra day or two in a week to get stuff done, seriously. Anyway, um, this is the back. It's crazy, just crazy because of this giant electroculture antenna. That's it. Yeah, it's a lot of watermelon leaves. I really hope I have fruit growing down in there. I won't know until I get into weed, which God knows when that's going to be. Anyway, we'll move on. All right. So we put this giant fence up around the pepper garden because all the birds kept getting in here. So trying to keep them out. Now I got to like sneak underneath little shits, but they did pretty well to clear it out for me so that I can replant it. The fun thing about planting with electroculture is that I'm not so concerned about, oh shit, it's the middle of October. What am I going to plant now? Oh no, I'm going to plant cucumbers again since they ate them all here. Obviously, they also ate down my marigolds. I should have some good heavy orange yolks here soon because they ate the marigolds. Marigolds do that. Um, but that's okay. They like weeded this out for me. I'm actually good with that. Those are actually marigold heads, uh, seeds. So I harvested some Tabascos yesterday, most of the deep red ones, so I could make more pepper spice. And while the little shitheads ate all the ghost peppers off that side, these ghost peppers are still, and see this guy is coming all the way up here, right? He's like six, seven feet tall now. So, and this one too. So I still have, you know, a bunch. I'll just cut these back where the birds ate them all and they'll be fine. They also ate my Thai hot pepper. So that'll have to get packed, cut back. They ate that Tabasco, which got shaded out again. They started to eat this. You see that? They're jumping up to eat that damn pepper. And that Shishito too, those little shit bags. The poblanos are growing huge right now. And over here too. No, there are so many peppers. I got more banana peppers over there. I mean, these things all like crisscross each other now. Like this is my pepper garden. It's all crisscrossed. I don't know what's where anymore. I'm hoping this, that, ooh, this, this might be my purple bell pepper. Ah, oh, that's a purple bell pepper over there. I see that one growing. 
my eggplants. I just picked all the eggplants the other day and now I have another one right here and another big one right here. And this one's, they ate that, those shitheads. We'll pick that to let the plant know to grow another one. There we go. Then I got some more eggplant growing down here. They'll be coming up. And they ate that one too. Little shitheads. Anyway. So, back here, what is this one? How if I know? Another pepper there. This one. Ah, oh, that's my purple bell pepper. See it? Turning purple there. Then, my okra. Holy crap. I harvested okra last night. It's, wow, way tall. These guys I need to secure up because they're getting, I mean, insanely tall. Okay. And these guys I need to cut down. These are the ones we topped. And I just need to cut it down to the life. And then these are the ones we transplanted. And these are doing great. This guy moved all funky. And this one too, but I'll have three or four okra on there in a couple days. Up here too. And even that one. Whew. All right. They did eat, look at that. They destroyed that guy. Let me see if I can reroute him. And get them to come back. You never know. They ate that one too. They ate everything. They did not eat these. So over here we have, oh, they ate some green pepper, more budding, a bunch of buds here. I'll have three or four on there here in a couple days. For a week. I picked a bunch of peppers last night to eat. Oh look, here's three more, four more, five, six growing on this branch. One, two, three, four. Oh, a whole bunch growing down here. A whole bunch more growing up here. there and then okra back here so this line though the only thing that's ever done well back here is salad and now that it's salad season i'll be planting salad again now that these shit bags can't get in here with this tall ass fence so salad i mean they tore up a good bar to the weeds that's good they ate up a whole bunch of stuff in here and there's still stuff growing. So, there's the pepper garden. Still kicking ass, taking names.
And look at that Tabasco plant. That is just insane. They're so big. All the peppers are so big. It's going to be a shame to have to cut them back and overwinter them. But I know next year they're going to get even bigger and even faster because the roots will keep growing all winter. And I, I'm not going to cut the peppers back until probably like until the first frost. Um, I mean, I have probably another six weeks on those peppers going, maybe more. Sometimes we don't get a frost until mid-December here. If that, last year, I think we don't, we didn't even get a frost until like February of last year. So, I mean, I can keep growing year round. I will. And salad is awesome. And a lot of fruits and vegetables can even tolerate a light frost, like carrots and potatoes, um, things like a frost broccoli and cauliflower, kales, um, all your brassicas, all like a, a nice light frost. So that's good. I will plant everywhere. You guys know I like the high density planting, intercropping and high density planting. So where the chickens tore up all those weeds in there, I'm again, basically going to be putting salads and herbs, salad greens and herbs all over. So good stuff. Let's see. Moving on to the tomato garden, which Tomato garden always does better in the fall. It does not do that well in the summer. We'll be replanting it. All Again. right, on to the tomato garden. The tomatoes are miserable. But the green beans are doing awesome. You're using the old tomatoes as basically green bean poles now. This tomato's done, that needs to come out. I need to replant all the tomatoes. Replant all the tomatoes. I need to plant, that's what I need to do. I need to have a planting day. And my garlic scapes are gone because something ate them. And it wasn't the chickens. It was a squirrel or something. But all my garlic in here. I had a couple left last week. Nope. Now they're gone. All that garlic's gone. That's okay. Oh, oh, one garlic right there. It's okay. All right, so thing about garlic is you can plant it right up until you should plant it four weeks before your frost date. My frost date is still like six weeks, eight weeks away. So I can still plant garlic. I'm going to have to put it in the fridge in a bag of dirt to get it to root, but I can still plant garlic. So it's okay. Then my green beans, these, that tomato is miserable too. All these fuckers need to go. Something is coming in here. Look at this. See, it ate all my beans. Hmm. No bueno. These tomatoes at least are flowering. And then over here, this okra's getting nice and big on the electroculture antennas, of course. So it does. And my loofahs are growing. See them? See my loofahs growing? Very exciting. Make our own sponges, grow our own sponges. Green beans, I picked a bunch of green beans for dinner last night too. So these are the ones that still need a few more days. Ooh, this one looks like it's about done. Okay. Then, and over here too. This guy's nice. 
Oh, and back there. Oh, and one down there I see is ready to go. So, another crop of green beans for dinner tonight. Sweet. And some okra. Might be ready by then. It grows pretty fast. I'm going to replant my borage because it's about that time that it should be coming back. And I still need to plant out this salad bed and weed everything. Oh, I need more time in a week, in a day, in my life. It's okay though, we'll get there. Beans, squash, so, and Florida cranberry. So these guys are Florida cranberries. And my green beans are all coming up here and over here. And then my one squash is right there. Sweet potatoes, asparagus, sweet potatoes everywhere, herbs, lots of herbs. Ooh, I need to get in here. Really need to get in here, y'all. All right. Tomato garden. Kind of rough. Needs a lot of work, but I'll get it done eventually. Eventually. Very eventually. But, you know, the thing about planting is there is a little bit of a time constraint. You can't just do it whenever. You got to plant soon. I have to plant soon. So and sweet potato garden. All right, sweet potato garden. They're all dug in here. They're dug in good. So, this would be all sweet potatoes here. But they take like nine months to grow. So, we'll get there. I still have yet to put the electroculture antenna in here. I really have to do that. I've been so busy. I've been so busy, it's been in let it grow mode with nothing else to do. So, that rooster's eating my blackberry over there. Sure is. So many damn roosters. I love them though, they're so much fun. Anyway. And then the container garden. Container garden. That Cuban oregano is insane. That crawfish tree is doing great. Look at this one. It just grows bigger every day. And that one is small and pathetic. That basil is about done. I got to pull it. I got to reuse all that potting soil. That's the other thing about electroculture is you can reuse the potting soil. Stick an antenna in it. You're good to go. Um, I got to weed that out. There's a crawfish tree buried in there. Sweet potato, vines, cutting back. Basically, I need to, I need to start potting things again right now. So, my potatoes here coming up.
that's the potato. Sweet potatoes and strawberries. Still, strawberries coming back now that it's not so ungodly hot. More coffee trees back there. Butterfly bush, more sweet potatoes back here. And some, I think that's lamb's quarter. Look how that coffee tree is doing now that I put that antenna in there too. And then of course, the sweet potato and strawberry beds. Pretty soon, we should be able to see sweet potatoes starting to pop up in here. Oh, there's some basil in there too. I mean, these strawberries are great, but, oh, and I need to cut some of these back. These guys are huge. And there's, I mean, sweet potatoes everywhere. And over here, I need to cut some of those and plant them in here. So, working on it. Actually, right now, I'm working on antennas, making lots of antennas. Ooh, look at these strawberries that came all the way down here and rooted themselves in there. That's awesome. I love that. And rooted themselves over here, too. So I have sweet potatoes and strawberries in here as well. That's pretty cool. That's what strawberries do. Good stuff. And more there. I didn't mean for these strawberries to fall down this line, but hey, that's pretty cool. Mm, I'll have to do something with those. Anyway, very cool. So that is the container garden, the raised bed garden. So the let it grow method of, you know, not having time to actually be in the gardens every single day and just letting them grow, um, makes everything grow really big, but let the weeds included. Serious gardening takes daily effort. Unfortunately, I've, uh, like I said, I need more time in my day. So anyway, you want to get high? Cause I do. It's coming. Let's see where we're at on this uh, real quick. Hmm. You can almost see the sun again in Texas. Let's see what they're saying over here. Down our eclipse timeanddate.com. We're on the ground in Roswell, New Mexico, in the United States. And at the viewing spots around here in Roswell, I'm sure that they're getting ready to part. The eclipse is almost over, uh, but it's definitely not over here, is it, Graham? No, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's really getting close uh, to finishing here. We can see on the screen uh, in nearby Odessa, Texas, um, only a, a a tiny bit of partial eclipse mm. left there until things have finished. Um, but worldwide, we are only halfway through mm. this eclipse. If we take a look at our timeline on the left-hand side of the screen, um, we can see that maximum eclipse worldwide was mm. at 1759 UTC. That was just three minutes ago. So the action is now moving 
into the second half yeah. of the global eclipse. Uh, the moon's ant umbral shadow is uh, heading towards South America, where it will be crossing uh, Colombia and Brazil. Um, in the top right corner, we have pictures coming in from Neva mm. in Colombia. That's from our partners at the Medellin Planetarium in Colombia. So they are well on their way towards uh, annularity in Colombia. Um, and the partial eclipse will be starting soon in Brazil. They will. Um, now, in Brazil, we have pictures coming in from a number of locations. Uh, we've been uh, very fortunate to be able to collaborate with the National Observatory in Brazil, where there's been a fantastic team of people putting together um, all kinds of preparations um, for this eclipse. All right, fine. Oh, so, halfway through, halfway through the eclipse. We'll see if there's a pot of gold at the end. I don't think so. Oh. So, instead, Justin, it's Justin time. You guys ready? Light it up if you got it.
We may see him again sooner rather than later. Nothing would surprise me anymore. Not a thing. So, hmm. Eclipse is almost over in the U.S., or at least in Texas, which I think is about the last place you can see it. We'll see what happens tonight. Keep an eye out. Keep your ears open. Keep your head on a swivel. Well, you won't need to, honestly. If what I think is going to happen happens, then it won't matter. So. But I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Anyway. I was thinking that uh, I would play the interview that I did on Audrey's Little Farm for y'all, if you haven't seen it yet. So. Get that up. All right. Stop that one and bring up this one. Here you go. All right. So I I did this interview last Monday. Yep, Monday. So check this out. This was a lot of fun. And Audrey, you saw me on Candace on, uh, and I had not, I hadn't met her before. Um, she's very sweet. So go subscribe to her YouTube channel, Audrey's Little Farm. Here you go. And that also attracted beneficial pollinators and insects. Oh, well, I'm guessing that you, what if I told you that you could grow bigger and more productive plants that required less water, were more resistant to disease and pest issues, and that also attracted beneficial pollinators and insects? Well, I'm guessing that you probably wouldn't believe me because it sounds like gardening magic. And I recently listened to an interview of a lady named Velen talking about her experience with electroculture gardening. And I was brand new to the topic. I had never heard about it, but apparently it's a very hot topic on the internet right now. A lot of people are saying that it doesn't work. A lot of people say that it does work. There's very conflicting information. And I heard this interview with Velen and I was so amazed. I was actually able to book an interview with her so that she could teach how it works, show her results that she's gotten in her garden and just help you get started because it literally is a game changer. She has pepper plants that have thousands of peppers on them, an okra plant that's over 14 feet tall, 
and a lime tree that's producing limes all year long when it really should just produce during one season. And the results are literally incredible. And so please watch to the end. There's literally so much great information that she shares. And I just know that you're going to love this interview as much as I initially did when I first heard her. And I'm so incredibly blessed that I was able to get an interview with her here on my YouTube channel. So let's get started with the interview. So today I'm meeting with Velen from electrofreedom.com. And she's going to go over electroculture gardening and her success with it. I am so brand new to this and I'm so excited to learn with her, but excited to teach you guys this awesome new gardening, actually old gardening technique. Very, very old, actually. <laughs> I uh, love when the first interview I actually heard you, you even like related it back to the Bible, which is like so interesting to me because I feel like whatever God has created for us to use means that it works. Yes, most definitely. Um, I integrate sacred geometry with electroculture, which has had absolutely amazing results. Um, but a little background, basically, I uh, I used to run a very large hotel um, in Savannah. We're just south of Savannah now. And uh, of course, you know, the whole world changed and I left my job and we sold our house and we moved about an hour south. We got three acres and, you know, we set up a little homestead and it was great. I fully intended on, you know, growing my own food. I'd only just done container backyard gardening. I'd previously had a quarter acre. I moved to three acres. So it was, it was a big change. Uh, a lot of it's pond, which is great. I have a natural water source. Um, but I put in my gardens and I got some chickens and I got some ducks and I was really excited and, and then everything died. My chickens got absolutely decimated by predators. My ducks, the same thing. Um, it was devastating. And I mean, my gardens were okay. You know, like I, I ordered compost from a local place and, and they did all right. I, I grew a couple tomatoes. I grew a couple green beans. Like, no, it wasn't bad. I felt it was okay for my first in-ground garden. Um, but I, I certainly wasn't sustaining my family on it at all. And my husband, my husband is a veteran, retired veteran. Uh, he had done 21 years in the service and about halfway through, he'd had to have major brain surgery. He stayed in. It's a whole crazy story. Uh, and he was on so many pills and we were dealing with PTSD and, and anger issues and all kinds of things. And then he had a heart attack. And I, I told him, I said, we, we have to make a life change. We absolutely, we have to get you off all the big pharma drugs, everything that you take, just, it makes it worse. I mean, nothing makes it better. Everything's getting worse. Like every day I'm afraid you're going to die. Literally. I'd wake up every morning, just grateful to God that he was still alive next to me. Cause I never, knew. and having that constant worry was just, was terrible. Um, it was like being back when he was deployed all over again, you know? Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, I, we do a number of podcasts. We actually do a total of like 12 shows a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, I do, uh, two shows Monday through Friday, and then we do a show on Saturday. I do a show on Saturday and then we do a show on Sunday. Um, my husband and I, so anyway, it's, it's a, it's a lot, but, uh, in research for one of our podcasts, I, dug into, I was digging into Tartaria, the lost world of Tartaria. And I found Antiquitech and it was a completely tangential thing. And I started digging into it and I came across electroculture. I was like, well, what is this? 
And I looked into it and people were like, oh, this has been around for millennia. People have been using electroculture for thousands of years, 3000 years, at least as far back as they can trace. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, well, that's really easy. You, I mean, it's, it's really simple. You take natural wood, you wrap copper wire around it, you stick it in the ground and your, your plants grow huge, supposedly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, at this point, I was willing to try anything because I was absolutely dead set on growing all of our food because I wanted to, us to go all natural, all pure, get my husband off of all, you know, processed everything, just try and get us as healthy as possible. Um, so I started doing a lot of research into it and looking into it. And I found, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, it's, it's a hoax. It's, it's some um, new age thing. And I was like, okay, well, if new age is millennia old, <laughs> then okay. Um, no. So I was like, all right, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just poo-pooing things. Right. <laughs> um, so we, I don't know. I don't even listen to those people. So I was like, well, the best way to do it is to try it myself. And at the same time, because I listened to all kinds of things, I was listening to a podcast about crop circles. And one of the ladies that had done the original research on crop circles said that they are actually frequency pulses that come up out of the ground. And the plants that grow inside crop circles grow 40% bigger and they're pest resistant and they're drought resistant. And the seeds they produce have the same qualities. And I was like, well, electroculture supposedly does the same thing. If I combine the two, oh, and then of course the crop circle is the biggest part is that all the crop circles grow in a Fibonacci sequence in a spiral, which is mm -hmm. sacred geometry. All right. Well, if I combine the two, if I combine electroculture and the Fibonacci sequence, like a crop circle, what'll happen? Might as well try it. So I yeah. did. So I have two, I basically cut my garden in half and made a, a chicken shoot in the middle. We rebuilt our flocks as well. Um, so I have two separate gardens, 20 by 20 feet each. And I built out the Fibonacci sequence electroculture structures. So electroculture is you just literally take natural wood and you wrap copper wire around it. If you're in the North and of course, because it's millennia, you're millennia old, it works on essentially a flat earth premise, right? So if you're in a place where the ground freezes in the winter for a long time, like you get a significant amount of snow, um, then we consider that to be in the North and you wrap it clockwise, meaning when you turn the antenna clockwise as the copper wraps around it. And then if you're in the South, like I am, where you get very little snow and your ground does not freeze, then you wrap it counterclockwise. So again, turning the, the antenna counterclockwise. Um, so I, I did that and I made these huge, cause I have three acres, lots of trees. So I made these huge antennas. I mean, six, seven, eight feet, sometimes even taller, 12 feet tall, um, 15 feet tall. And sometimes uh, I have one in the back that's 25 feet tall now, but my initial start was like 12 feet tall, um, dependent on where it was. And I built them out in a Fibonacci sequence and everything literally exploded. I put seeds in the ground and 40 days later, I had green beans that were twice the size of my hands. That's so I amazing. It was insane. I planted asparagus, first year asparagus, which is really skinny. And I had some asparagus from the year before. So I had a couple second year asparagus, but mostly first year asparagus. And my first asparagus, while it was skinny, was six feet tall. Wow. Six 
feet tall. I had to cut the bottom foot off because it was woody, but I had five foot of asparagus to eat. I mean, that fed the family in one meal. Yeah. Uh, my peppers, my poblano peppers are big enough to stuff. So are my banana peppers. Like I stuff them with hamburger and rice. Um, my my green peppers, even before they start turning colors, because all green, you know, all peppers are, they all start as green, sweet peppers. They start right. as green and they turn to yellow, orange, red, just depending mm -hmm. on how they are. Even before they start to turn, they're still, I mean, just gigantic, twice the size of a normal pepper. Yeah. And they hadn't even started turning colors yet. Um, it, it was crazy. And the peppers did really well this year. Unfortunately, my tomatoes did not do well this year. A, honestly, I over pruned them for the heat that I did not. I mean, I expected the heat, but not the way it was. The heat was so intense that the tomatoes just failed. Now I'm going to start all over with tomatoes. Um, but my green beans were insane. My okra, okra just grows like crazy. My okra's 14 feet tall. It's higher than my chicken enclosure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally have to like pull it down or get a ladder to harvest it. And I will have two and three okra fruit growing on one stem at the same time. Wow. So when I'm harvesting okra, like I'm harvesting, I'm going out every day and getting enough okra for my family for a night. Yeah. Every single day I go out to my gardens and I pick enough food for, for a meal for a night. Um, my eggplants, I have eggplants on, it's a great year for eggplants. My eggplants are huge. Um, they're, you know, 18 inches long and big and wide and juicy. Yeah. My cucumbers went crazy. I put up 30 jars of pickles over the summer. And then my Tabasco pepper, I've, I've one Tabasco plant that just got absolutely huge. I have another one that kind of was shaded out for a while and I moved it. Um, and it grows really big, fat Tabascos. But this wow. one that got really huge, it has all these branches on it and every branch now is almost nine feet long oh and the entire pepper plant has over a thousand peppers on it and they're still going. They're still going. Wow. Um, my lime tree produces year round. So I have limes right now that are ready to harvest in October. Usually limes are ready in like February and I have flowers coming up right now for new limes that I'm going to be picking in February. That is um, so amazing. It's absolutely wild. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. And the the benefits of it, of this all natural food, of course, my my grocery my grocery bill is negligible. And to be able to say that in this economy is, well, I can't say it's negligible. It's about the same as it was two years ago when I buy about a quarter of what I used to buy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, because I just don't I don't buy produce. I don't have yeah. to. I walk out to my gardens. Right. And it's I think a, that so many people that don't have very much space, they're so worried about even like the thought of trying to be reliant on themselves because they feel like they can't make it happen in a small space. And you're telling us you have one pepper plant that has thousands of peppers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and even, even in container gardening. So I, I make, now I make antennas of all sizes and it started out, I was teaching people how to do this on my Saturday podcast called Freedom Gardens, which is on Rumble. Um, although we're going to start putting it on YouTube, I believe. But uh, it's, you know, I was like, you all should try this. Just try this, try this yourself. And a lot of people did. And they were like, this is amazing. You know, they had very similar results to what I had. And then some people were like, well, you know, I, I live in an apartment or I just, I, I've never been able to grow anything or I can't find natural wood or I can't find copper or can you just make me a magic plant one? Cause I'm lazy. <laughs> Got a lot of that. 
can you just yeah. make a magic, a magic plant one? Like that's what they started calling them. So yeah. I call them electroculture or electro freedom antennas, right? Freedom to grow your own food. Right. It's really important. Yes. Um, but energy is everywhere, right? The electroculture and the way I make them is a little different than the way other people make them because I integrated different aspects of electroculture. So there's a regular electroculture antenna, which looks like this, right? It's just a piece of natural wood and it has copper wire wrapped around it. Okay. Most electroculture antennas, basically the wire ends at the top of the antenna. All right. Okay. But then there's another thing called a Luigi coil. Okay. That you can put, a lot of people put them and it either gets bigger from, you know, bottom to top or top to bottom. And a lot of people put them separately in their gardens, in their plants. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get fancy little things that you put, you know, put in there that it's all copper. Okay. And, and they'll, you know, people will stick them in their pots and whatnot. And I think they look pretty, but it, it does a similar thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the electroculture harnesses positive ions. The Luigi coil harnesses negative ions, I believe. Might be the reverse of that. <laughs> Science is not my thing. Results are my thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was like, well, what if I incorporated that as well? So I made my electroculture antennas and I made a Luigi coil at the top. It's very simple, right? It's just, I basically just keep the spiral going. Um, and I can also make a Fibonacci coil at the top as well, which, you know, it just spir spirals around this. So okay. a Luigi coil or a Fibonacci coil. It basically amplifies the end. And what it does is it harnesses the excess energy from the environment around us, which is everywhere. Energy is everywhere, indoors, outdoors, doesn't matter. Right. And it deposits that energy into the soil. So you're basically putting light into your root system, right? You're putting ex extra ions into your root system. Mm -hmm. um, like if you've ever... If you've ever had a, um, a, a kind of a big thing right now is hydrogen water, like extra hydrogen water, right? Or oh, extra yeah. oxygen water. It's almost the same thing, but for, you know, light and soil, okay. you're just putting extra energy into your soil. Your plants need more than just water to grow. They need all the nutrients in the soil. Mm -hmm. So if, it's, if you do for outdoor gardening, then it's pulling, because of course you use bigger antennas in outdoor gardening. So it's pulling more energy from higher up in the atmosphere and depositing it further out mm -hmm. into your whole garden. If you're just doing in a container, then it's still pulling a good amount of energy and just depositing into that, that pot. Okay. Um, so you're adding energy to your soil, making your plants, your root system grow really strong. And then at the same time, these attract pollinators. So my yard is full of dragonflies and butterflies and bumblebees, honeybees. Um, I've got pollinators all over the place and they sit on these things all day long and they hop from the plants to the plants. You know, like I had, I'm, I'm really, I'm looking for this beehive. I know I have one somewhere on my property because I had a whole slew of honeybees and my cucumbers every single day. Oh, wow. Right? I mean, it, it was just amazing. Yeah. So, and pollinating, you know, pollination is key to growing a lot of fruits and vegetables. Yeah. 
So, uh, so pollinators everywhere. And then in the soil itself, it also attracts a lot of really good beneficial soil life. A lot of earthworms, a lot of different, you know, creepy crawlies that grow through the soil that might, some people are like, ew, but gardeners yeah. don't understand we that. We love them. <laughs> we love them. That aerates your soil and yeah. you don't have to till, right? Because tilling is terrible for your garden. It destroys a lot of the good bacteria, that, that good biome that, makes your soil rich and healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just try not to till if at all possible. This right. makes that possible. Um, and then the final thing that it attracts that is my favorite is spiders. Okay. Spiders are gardeners, absolute best friend because they <laughs> eat all the pasties, all the nasties that eat your plants. So I heard you in that, the first interview I heard you on, you said that, and now I'm like noticing all the spiders in my garden. And I'm like, Oh, I have spiders. Yes. Yes. Spiders are great. Cause they don't eat your fruits and vegetables. They eat the insects that eat your fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I never even considered, like, I never got rid of them because I don't take my feather, you know, my cobweb duster to the pepper plants, but it's just like, Oh, now I'm so excited that I have spiders out there. Yes. So, you know, you can, you can have a, a bioregenerative garden you can grow your food without pesticides, without chemicals. I mean, sure, you you know, you still, you might get some squash borer, use wood ash when you plant your squash to keep the squash borer away, um, you know, which is just literally burning wood and putting the ash down. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that, I mean, that kind of thing, you, you might get some, you still might get some aphids or some ants and, you know, you use coffee grounds or um, a little bit of uh, Castile soap and baking soda in warm water and spray it on your plants, that kind of thing. Natural pesticides, natural things that are not going to add a whole bunch of chemicals into the things that you're putting into your body because that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and in doing all of this and going all natural, it's really amazing. I lost almost 70 pounds. Like I lost a small person basically. <laughs> Um, so I had to buy all new clothes cause nothing fit me anymore. So that was okay though. Um, my husband as well, uh, he has not had anything processed in over a year. Uh, well, that's not, not quite true. Like we'll go to my parents for dinner and he will literally get sick on the way home. And he'll be like, your mom cooked something out of a box. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sorry. I'm sure she probably did as much as I tell her it doesn't, doesn't always connect. Yeah. Um, like processed, if processed means if there's more than four ingredients or you can't pronounce anything on the box, don't eat it. Or if it comes in a box or a bag, you know, don't, don't eat it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And your husband now, all of his health issues are gone and he's completely resolved. Completely healthy. So he's completely healthy. His blood pressure is perfect. His anger is Irish, not unmanageable. Um, his PTSD is completely under control. He actually regained the feeling in his foot that he lost for 18 years after his oh brain gosh. surgery. Wow. Um, I mean, it's truly been miraculous. Uh, he's lost some weight too, but he's, you know, he was always not, he was very muscular, but he never had any fat on him, but now we're proportionate again. Cause you know, I weigh yeah. less than he does. So that's good. <laughs> that is so amazing. It, it is. I mean, it's truly, I mean, even my 11 year old is like, you know, mom, I love it because I can, I can eat less and stay fuller longer mm -hmm. and everything tastes better. Yeah. So, you know, and he's 11 and at 11, he hasn't gone into puberty yet, which we kind of expected because his brother had at that point. Um, 
And we really wonder if, and I mean, he's, he's a good sized kid. He's growing constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my husband and I constantly ask, like, is his puberty cycle going back to the way it should be without being bumped up from all of the chemicals and, and additives and all this just nasty stuff that they put in Mm -hmm. the food supply. Like it's, his body's doing what it's supposed to do yeah. instead of being rushed along by all of this chemical sludge that most people are consuming. Right. So it's fantastic. I, yeah. We've never been happier. We're, we're broke, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're food rich, we're cash poor. Um, but, uh, and, and honestly, I'm not really helping myself with the electroculture. I mean, I am with the electroculture business, but my best friend who does the podcast with me on Saturdays, the Freedom Garden podcast, uh, she at the same time has started a, or is starting, she's got all the paperwork done for a bioregenerative nonprofit farm to help survivors of abuse. So all of the antennas, and we're doing both ventures together, all of the antennas that we make, the profits go to the farm so that we can buy land and actually get it going and have a refuge for people that just need it need a hand up, need to learn how to be self-sufficient, need a place to escape, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. So, um, right. so yeah, so that's well, I love, important I, to us. I heard that story and I'm so excited that I could like, sh- that I'll get to share your site with everybody. Cause as I'm doing my, re- my research into electroculture gardening, you know, you hear all of these people that haven't even tried it yet, but are saying, Oh, it's false. It's not working. Just follow the money. If they sell something, if they're trying to get you to buy their copper rod, then Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not working. They just want to make money. And I'm like, if anybody had heard your story and how you're using your profits to go to this wonderful yeah. organization that's going to help these people in need, it's like, why wouldn't you want to support them? And they're not making a profit. And your site, it's such an affordable. Um, yeah, that's green, the, the green thumb one. Is that the 12 inch one that goes in the little yep. pots? Yeah, it's two dollars. Honestly, yeah. I, <laughs> it's like you're not even. It's probably not even covering the shipping. <laughs> Well, I mean, the shipping is separate, so okay, um, yeah. But, Which uh, I mean, it should be because most people don't have access to copper, and so yeah, yeah. the shipping you honestly usually is the most important or is the most expensive part of the purchase, to be honest. But I mean, it depends. Even the big because I'll make them up to seven feet tall, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of people are they they're interested in the big tall ones because they want to put them in their garden, but they don't want to have to purchase, you know. $50 worth of copper in order to put a seven and where do you get seven, a seven foot tall piece of wood? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm blessed that I have access to both of those things mm-hmm. that I can help people out. My seven foot antenna is $50. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think the shipping on it's like 20 bucks or 25 bucks. So, you know, shipping a seven foot tall piece of wood isn't easy either. Yeah. And one trip to the grocery store right now, you're lucky if you could get out of there in less than a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So. I went in the other day. I bought like basically all I buy this at this point is like milk, cream, um, lemonade for my kid because my husband uses the limes in his beer generally. So <laughs> uh, you know. So I'm and I'm waiting on my lemons to to finish going. Uh, my lemon trees are newer than my lime tree, so fruit trees take a couple of years to really start to produce. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm very blessed that my lime tree is producing like this in year two. Okay. My lemon trees are only one year old. So, um, so that while I have some lemons on them next year, they'll, they'll give me a lot. 
And okay. when I put them in the ground, they'll blow up. Right now they're in pots. Okay. Uh, and I'm doing a little experiment with them. Like I have an electroculture antenna in one lemon tree and not in the other one. Um, and they're in the same size pot and they're the same size tree, the same type of tree. So mm -hmm. I can kind of track and see how that goes. I'm doing the same thing with coffee trees. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's fantastic. But I went to the grocery store the other day. I bought milk and tea and I think flour and maybe a couple bags of chips because they were on sale and um, not much else. And it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like, are you, are you kidding me right now? This yeah. is insane. How do people survive? I know. So the last thing I want to do is price people out of being able to grow an excess of your own food because that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then when you grow it yourself too, you appreciate it more because it's like, you're growing it. It's fun to go out and grow things. I feel yes. like people that haven't gardened yet. It's like, you just have to do it. Cause once you're in, then you're in for life. It's like, absolutely it's just such a rewarding my our son right now is 17 months old and for the whole past month every morning for like three hours he he now like is independent enough that he just kind of does his own thing and he goes from like garden bed to garden bed and picks cherry tomatoes and he goes to the grapevines and picks grapes and then yet the other day caught him like drinking out of the mister like it was just watering the plant and he was like getting his own drink and yeah. um, it's awesome he absolutely loves being out in the garden yes and I love it because now I get to you know spend more time out there and hang out yeah. with him too um, so I'm curious, how do, so if somebody has access to copper, so we have, um, a whole like pile of just copper wire that we were just kind of like holding on to. Um, yeah. and so I plan on making, we want to make some own for the garden. So what is the process of, um, okay. So I'll explain like my garden setup. So I have six or six to eight, like raised beds that are about like four to eight, like four foot by eight foot. Mm -hmm. And then I have four long, like hundred foot rows where I have tomatoes and artichokes and just stuff that grows a lot bigger. Yep. So how should I go about, like, would you put one antenna in each garden box or would you put things around the perimeters? How does it work? So I'd put one antenna in each raised bed. Okay. Um, would you want to put it in the middle or you put it in a certain area? Put it in the northernmost part. Okay. Bed. Um, and some people say like, you know, put it in the northernmost part of the bed um, or put it in the northernmost part of your garden. And then, and it kind of radiates back from okay. there. All right. Uh, in your hundred foot rows, like for your tomatoes, I actually built trellises out of electric or integrating electroculture antennas into them. Oh. Right. So um, I just, I made my trellises out of wood from my garden anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, while I wrapped them together with twine every, hmm, about every 10 to 15 feet, I'd put another electroculture antenna inside the trellis is just instead of just a piece of wood, I just wrap it in the copper and stick it in there. Yeah. Um, and my beans love it. Love it. Love it. So, um, so we right now have T posts, like we have a, like a line of T posts and then with just regular, you know, small gauge wire, yeah. um, would you put, um, could you wrap the copper around the T post or should it always be around wood? Around wood has to be okay. around wood. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, could or you put the wood, um, next to, um, like, I could put the wood with the copper wire next to the T post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, I have a bunch of them like that because my, you know, the trellises made out of light wood don't stand up that well. So I actually, you know, I secure them with T posts at either end. So, um, yeah, that's not an issue. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, um, how, I guess, so like, 
for um that row of tomatoes, how tall would you want the wire to go? Like, does it matter how tall it is or is taller uh, better? Yes, the taller, the better. Because okay. um, your tomatoes are going to grow really tall. So you want to have support for them as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think I made my trellises like 15 feet tall and my tomatoes are getting, the few tomato plants that survived the insane heat are getting to the cl close to the top of those trellises. Wow. Yeah, because your yes. tomatoes are, are a fruit tree. Mm -hmm. That's what people don't, don't always take into consideration. Like tomatoes are a fruit, they're not a vegetable. Mm -hmm. They grow on a tree. You know, and if you take care of them, you can actually keep that tomato tree going around for years. Like indeterminate tom tomatoes will literally grow forever. So, wow, yeah, um, it's a tree. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess um, and then how far? Um, so you mentioned that you have like twenty, or do you have to do twenty by twenty foot areas? That's your garden. Yeah. Um, and so do you um, like if you had just one antenna? Does that cover one 20 foot bed or you have a few worked out throughout your garden? So I, in the front gardens, I do the Fibonacci sequence. So I have nine antennas in those gardens, plus some extra here and there really as like trellis supports and things like that. But in the back garden, I have one big antenna and that covers my entire area. So they generally say like um, with a seven foot antenna, I say bury it a foot deep, just... Mm -hmm both for stability, but with the other antennas, really six inches is fine. You know, okay. you put it in a container, three to six inches is fine. Really not a big deal, um, depending on how deep the container is. And I even engrave a, a line, a marking on the antenna to let you know, uh, you know, where we recommend putting it into the container. Um, but uh, I mean, they say uh, six feet above covers about 15 feet going out almost like in a cone um, from that antenna. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you can also put them almost in a, in a zigzag. So like if you almost, if you drew out that, that triangle area from the, the front of that antenna and then put antennas on the other ones and you, you do them that way, depending on how big your garden is, mm -hmm. that works too. So to cover the okay. whole thing. Cool. Yeah. Wow. I'm like so excited to try this. So explain the Fibonacci sequence. I know you said that that's how your garden is set up. So I know there's like the copper wire that goes around the wood, but then you actually have a sequence in your garden of how your antennas are set up, correct? Yes. So the Fibonacci sequence is a, it's a spiral um, and it's, but it's a mathematical sequence. So okay. people know the Fibonacci sequence as, as a mathematical, you know, series of numbers, but if you lay them out in a grid pattern, um, then you can run a spiral around them and it's a, a mathematically perfect spiral. It's what they call sacred geometry. So um, even the antennas that are spiraled around, technically that you know is considered a, a Fibonacci spiral, a Fibonacci sequence. Um, but when you do it so that they're all like that and then connected with the copper wire on the top, then it just, amplifies everything like the crop circles. So it makes everything grow even bigger and, and better okay. um, and makes everything even more drought resistant and pest resistant. And just like it amplifies all of that energy because you're integrating sacred geometry. Yeah. God's geometry with electroculture and your plants love it. Yeah. If, um, the way that somebody's garden layout doesn't allow, um, them to 
like connect all of the, like physically connect all of the antennas with a wire, would it still be beneficial? Like just setting those antennas in that sequence? I would think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can scale it down, like instead of doing it by, you know, by one foot by one foot, you could do it by, you know, a half a foot, foot by half a foot. Like you can cut everything in half as long as the proportions are the same. Right. It doesn't really matter as long as it comes out in the spiral. So. Okay. Yeah. And I guess but, even if you uh, had like just a smaller area, so you're saying like a smaller area in your garden where you could make that happen, that's yeah. still going to amplify outwards. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That is really cool. I mean, even if you look at, um, you know, as I've been working with wood and making these antennas and, and I strip, you know, cause I've, I have all this land to take care of anyway. So I'm constantly cutting down saplings and, you know, small trees and things like that mm-hmm. and cutting the branches off them to dry them so that there'll be future antennas. But as you trim the branches off of them, or you look at your plants, everything grows in a spiral, right? Yeah. All of the leaves on your plants, they all grow in a spiral, um, you know, all of, and when you get the antennas, you'll see where I sand down the nubs and y'all don't have to go through the process that I go through to make the antennas. Um, that is, it's unnecessary when you, I just do it because I'm selling it and I should put some work into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that's, you'll see they'll be in a spiral because mm-hmm. that's how they come up. Or when, when plants bud, they come up in a spiral. That's yeah. geometry. So yeah. we're just, using what God gave us to make everything grow bigger. Yeah. And I love, so you were mentioning a little bit ago how it helps the soil, like it attracts all the beneficial microbes and everything into the soil. When you Mm -hmm. stick this antenna or, you know, electroculture rod into your soil, how long before you start seeing improvements in your soil? I mean, it's pretty quick, honestly. Um, I'm actually building over, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be building a new, electroculture garden because mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm getting a new fence and expanding out my yard, my chicken yard anyway. So, uh, but I'm, I'm doing it as a winter garden. I'm not okay. going to plant anything in it yet. I'm going to do a cover crop, but I'm going to build out my structure. And I want to see, because I've heard that if you do that and you leave it over the winter, it improves your soil so much that come the spring, you can literally just throw seeds in the ground and, and have it go. Wow. Um, I'm like, okay, well, that's great because it's not the greatest soil over there where I'm putting it. I mean, I'll throw some compost down on it, mm-hmm. you know, and let the chickens go through it and stuff. But, um, cause I generally let the chickens make my compost. I throw all my leaf clippings and stuff in the enclosure. And then every six months or so I dig it out and that's my compost. It nice. works. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw some of that on there and some pine straw over it and then I'll just leave it. And I'm thinking in the spring, I'm going to have a pretty amazing soil yeah. for my garden there. But when I started using, I mean, when I started using the electroculture in my gardens, I built my gardens in February. I planted as soon as I was done building. Um, so but for, by the first week in March, I was planting. Mm-hmm. And by St. Patrick's Day, I was already seeing things starting to flower. Wow. So... And I was like, I was kind of worried because I was afraid we were going to get a late frost. And I was like, I got flowers on stuff. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Like, Wait, pull out the sheets. Like I need a like, like pull out <laughs> the extra sheets so I can throw things over this for that, you know, that yeah. last frost of the season. Cause I did not expect that. Um, and I had overwintered my peppers in pots 
I don't know if, if you, you know, you can overwinter peppers if you cut them all the way back down to right where the Y is on the pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you can bring them inside or outside. You can put them, you know, put a, a cover over them, but your peppers will survive. So all my peppers had been in pots and I took them and I put them in the garden. So they were all, you know, maybe not even a foot tall because I cut them all the way down. Yeah. And now they're, my green peppers are five and a half to six feet tall. You know, my poblano peppers are five, six feet tall. Like yeah. everything in my garden is taller than I am. <laughs> I'm only five two. And I told my husband, I could grow a 14 foot okra plant. And he goes, why would you do that? You're going to have to have ladders out there. And I'm like, well, if I can grow a 14 foot okra plant, like why not? <laughs> um, the cool thing is that uh, okra specifically, okra does better if you beat it up a little bit, right? I don't know if you know that, but you're supposed to beat your okra, like just kind of knock the stalks around, right? It yeah, makes I did not know that. Yeah, it makes them stronger. So you beat okay. Um, so you can actually, when it gets that tall, the stalks are so strong that I can I can basically pull mine down. Oh. And, without them breaking, right? They're flexible yeah. enough that I can pull them. I mean, I have to walk out a ways, yeah. but I can pull it down and, and harvest the okra and it snaps right back up. And I'm basically, I'm still beating my okra. Yeah. But then I did have about half the oak. I was like, all right, this is, this is getting a little ridiculous. They were so tall, they were shading out everything else. So I cut them in half because I, I had heard that you can, what they call top your okra. Okay. And some of it would come back. Okay. Right? Like one out of three plants would come back. And I was like, I mean, okay, I'll try it. So I topped about half my mm, three quarters of my okra plants now. Um, and three out of four came back. Like I had significant growth. I have oh, nice. new growth at the bottom of my okra plant. So I'm getting a whole second crop of okra. Oh. So yeah. That's good With- to know. Cause mine, I have some right now that are actually pretty tall, but they're not that healthy. So I wonder if actually like cutting them back, um, see, yeah. what, see what happens. Yep. Um, Okay. And I guess my last question for everybody or for people to get started with this is if they don't want to build it themselves, where can they go to get your, um, copper rods? Sure. Yeah. Go to electrofreedom.com, electrofreedom.com. Make sure I link that in the description. And then do you have a recommendation on which ones, like if they're just a backyard home gardener and they don't have that much space, which ones should they purchase or would any Mm -hmm. of them work for a backyard? Um, so I actually have them in different collections on the website. So I have the container collection, the raised bed collection and the in-ground collection. Um, and it, you know, lets you know what I kind of laid it out, what size is sufficient for what, and some of them will cross over, like some of the raised, the the larger raised bed ones will also work in an in-ground one and same thing. Some of the larger container ones will also work in a raised bed. Um, but for the most part, you know, if you have a, a good sized garden, just remember bigger is better with electroculture. The the higher you can get it up, then the more energy you're drawing from higher in the atmosphere with less competition, as it were. Right. right. So um big bigger is better in an in-ground garden. Okay. E- even if, you know, even if it's just a small one. Same thing in a raised bed, you know. Um I do have one in there, the 42 inch one, but I named it the Yankee. And I think I have to change the name because no one likes it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a Yankee at heart. I'm from New York originally and I moved to the deep South. So like, I'm like, man, that kind of breaks my heart. But anyway, um, but, uh, but like a 42 inch antenna, you know, is great for a 
a large raised bed or a small in-ground garden. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's a good crossover one. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. This, I'm so excited for everybody to watch this because I have been blown away by this technique and can't wait to get going with it. And so everybody that's watching this, you need to get going with your electroculture gardening. Yes. And, um, you can use promo code grow. Okay. I will make sure that for everybody below grow $5 off your first order of $25 or more. Nice. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody go check out the electrofreedom.com and get your garden to its next level. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so important. And I'm going to be adding other things on there is because I basically just did a soft launch. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm doing a bigger one coming up here as we expand our inventory. So I will be offering bigger packages where you can get, you know, basically the sacred geometry package where you can get nine antennas of of various, of, uh, you know, one size of five foot, six foot, seven foot detailed instructions on how to lay it out in the Fibonacci sequence, the extra copper wire to run on the top and grid the bottom out. Um, and a couple of video calls with me. So, you know, if you have questions or whatnot, so I'll be, I'll be putting up big packages right now. The most expensive thing on the website is $50. That's for the, the largest single antenna. Um, of course the packages will, you know, cause it'll be a combination. Those will right. be significantly more, but all the promo codes will still work on all of those too. Um, cool. I'm, I'm going to, I'm building TP pyramids and things with coils on the top, like fun things too, uh, as, as we expand out. So, nice. cause it, it's, I love it. It's a blast. It's a lot of yeah. fun. So, so awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. All right. So no, we don't care about container garlic. I mean, we do, but not right now. Anyway. So what'd you guys think? Go subscribe to Audrey's little farm on YouTube. If you would, it's uh, up her viewership over there. So she's really sweet. Um, and I'm going to be doing a, uh, she invited me to speak at an online gardening seminar in the early spring. So that's pretty cool too. So that'll be fun. Anyway. Oh, let's see where we're at. Looks like the eclipse is just about over here. Yeah. What are they saying? Yeah, just music. So, or we're just past the halfway point. Going to Colombia. Anyway. So, I think that's about it for me, y'all, for today. Be back tomorrow for Spiracy at 2 p.m., 1.45 for the pre-show, 2 p.m. for the start of the regular show, you know, provided God doesn't come back tonight. He might. You never know. And, uh, yeah, we are going to be reading the Book of Q. Did you know that was a thing in the Apocrypha, the Book of Q? I didn't know until just recently. These things just, like, come up randomly. I find them when I'm supposed to, I've determined. So uh, I'll be reading that. And I, I haven't really seen any readings of it, just like people talking about it. 
So we're going to just buy it on Kindle and do a, a read aloud thing. The original sayings of Jesus. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. So join us tomorrow for True Spiracy. And then, of course, we'll be back for the Patriot Party podcast next Monday or on Monday at 5.45 for the regular show, 6 p.m. for the start of the real show, 5.45 for the pre-intro music, 6 p.m. for the start of the show, for the start of the intro, 6.15 for the start of the show. You know, the intro seems to keep getting longer. It's okay. It's fun though. And, uh, ooh, let me release the scratching over here. I always forget to do that on Saturdays. Let me get that done for y'all here. Uh, here we go. No. Scratch is out over on the pilled. The scratching is released. Thank you, Fork Window, for the cookie. Surely appreciate that. So keep those servers running. Keep everyone in business. Go to, speaking of keeping everyone in business, go to electrofreedom.com. You know, you can always use promo code Wolfpack, but for today, uh, you can use promo code FIRE, save 10% on your order. Um, so promo code FIRE at electrofreedom.com, save 10% on your order. You know, there's a bunch of promo codes out there floating around already. You can just like use a different one for every purchase and get a discount every time you buy something. I don't care. That's what they're there for. So Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for me, y'all. So next week, Heather and I are doing a farmer's market. Um, or maybe the kids and I are doing a farmer's market. I don't know. Anyway, I'm doing a farmer's market. So I will probably preload the show that I did with Charlie Robinson this morning and just play that out for you. So it will not be a live show next week, but we will still have a Freedom Gardens. So tune in then. Until then, I will see y'all on the flip side. Thanks for watching, y'all. I, I don't want to act too high and mighty because tomorrow I may fall down on my face. Lord, thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful day, hey. Lord, I thank you for sunshine.
Every single 